G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's talk about our working life and retirement. Sort of takes us all in, doesn't it? Uh, Either we're getting started on our working career or we're in the middle of it and wondering what we're doing or we're nearing the end of our working life and planning on retirement. What are your thoughts about Christians and seeing ourselves in a context of the overall yeah, look, well, I think the, the clear message from Scripture is, you know, we were built to work. Um, you know, working is a good thing. God designed us to work. And, uh, you know, we go back to um, you know, the Old Testament, go back to Genesis right at the beginning. We, we see that God created the world. So you have the, the six-day creation. And then on the seventh day, he rested from his work. And the Bible uses that word work very, very intentionally. So we were built to work. Work is a good thing. And to me, work is about purpose. You know, you get up every day on purpose uh, with an intent to accomplish something. And as believers, you know, accomplish something for God's kingdom. So we were designed to work. So it's a good thing. Of course, in our culture today, um, this whole concept of retirement has crept in. And it's it's very much around the idea that, you know, we value as a society our leisure. And uh, our society sort of pitched retirement as this kind of nirvana where you you work hard and then you all of a sudden you get to retirement and you get to go and travel and just have a good time. But of course, the Bible itself is very silent on this issue of retirement. In fact, there's really no real references. There's one uh, obscure one in the book of Numbers that talks about the Levites and it says that they were to cease work at age 50. And I'm thinking some listeners are probably thinking, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> let's, let's cease work at 50. Um, but of course, that was aimed at a very specific group. So the Bible really is silent on it. And so I think in our society, we've got to sort of navigate through this issue. Um, and there's some practical issues around it as well. So it's not just a, a pure biblical issue. There's some practical issues. So um, I say to people, the, the main issue is that when you're going to work, you're going to work on purpose. You see yourself wherever God puts you, whether you're a teacher, a plumber, you know, you're a student, you, you get up and you go to, to that work on purpose with an intention to build God's kingdom wherever he's putting you. So that to me is the, the framework. Then in terms of retirement, there is a practical issue here, and the practical issue is that many of us, at some point, our bodies just become physically unable to work, and some of us, because we're in you know very physical-type jobs, uh, and the reality is at some point we will cease work from paid employment. Uh, and therefore, I always encourage Christians to take the view that you still need, you need to prepare financially for retirement, but we should discard the world's view of retirement, that it's this kind of this, you know, leisure cruise, you know, we're all going to go on a, <laughs> on a cruise ship the moment we hit 65 yeah. and replace it with a very purposeful intent. What am I going to do in the latter years of my life? How am I going to use that time wisely to run my, my race for Jesus? How am I going to build his kingdom when I hit that phase of life, even if I'm not in paid employment? So we need to reframe the the thinking, I believe. Well, we're going to build on some of these thoughts 
Our talkback line is also open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own question. You might have a scenario to run by Alex Cook today. But let's take a call. Trevor is in Wishart in Brisbane. Hello, Trevor. Welcome. Yeah, g'day, Neil. How you going, mate? Very good, Trevor. What are your thoughts? G'day. Do you have a question? Yeah, I just, you know, I'm hearing a lot about um, people who are in a situation with this, having to take a, a vaccine, otherwise they'll lose their jobs. And hmm. they're being, you know, forced to do that because they're going to lose their income and they've got mortgages and food to pay and school fees and all those sort of things which they didn't uh, have uh, anticipate, you know, losing an income because they uh, aren't taking a vaccine. Just, you know, as a Christian, how do you approach that? Because, I mean, you know, taking a mortgage three, four or five years ago, you didn't see this thing coming down the track where you've been faced with this dilemma. Uh, just, yeah, just I thought I'd ask what uh, Alex's thoughts on that. How do you prepare for such a situation? Because, uh, I mean, it can, anything can happen, but, uh, yeah, how do you deal with that? Good thoughts, Trevor. Yeah, Let's get a let's, response from Yeah, that. look, it's a, really, it's a really important question because I know a lot of people affected by it. In fact, I know people have already been uh, terminated because of it. Uh, you know, I'm very shocked by this is the path our society is going down. I think it's a very dangerous and I think it's... Uh, it's it's wrong that what's going on, um, you know, forcing people into this situation. Um, but it does raise, I, I think, I call this the early warning signal, if you like, of the future in, in Western culture. Not so not just Australia, but Western culture in general, is that Christians are increasingly going to have to face that our employers and even our governments are going to ask us to do things that we do not want to do out of good conscience because they violate our faith or violate our conscience in general. Um, and so I think the, the you know, the, the proverb says, you know, a sensible man prepares for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. The simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. Now, clearly none, none of us knew there was a pandemic coming and all that kind of thing, uh, you know, two years ago. So to me, your question was, how do we prepare? So I always say um, we need to prepare financially by always having reserves, so having an emergency fund in place. So I always say to people, you want to have about six months worth of living expenses set aside for emergency. Um, you want to assume that at some point, you know, maybe your employer does ask you to do things you don't want to do, and therefore you have to, uh, you, you may want to step away from that work because for whatever reason, you want to hold true to your faith, you want to, um, you know, stand up for Christ in the workplace, and you won't be able to do what you've been asked to do. So we need to prepare for that. The other thing I'd say to Christians in order to be prepared is to avoid falling into the world's trap of debt. You know, the d- debt is an issue where, you know, it's not to say that debt's sinful or anything like that, but it's merely to say we want to minimise our debts so that when these tough times come, and they can come for other reasons as well, you know, economic factors, um, we want to make sure that our, our debts are low so that we can walk away and not be enslaved, not default on our debts, still meet our obligations. Um, the other thing I think is in, uh, forming very strong Christian communities because I believe we're heading to a season we are going to need each other a lot more um, we're going to need to break down all our sort of denominational barriers and all that kind of nonsense, and we need to focus on helping each other through tougher periods. You know, if you know someone who's lost a job, how can you help them through this season? What can you do to provide for them, Provide whether it's meals, support in some sort of way, uh, just even just the psychological support and prayer and so forth? So. As Christians, the I'd say the temperature is being turned up, and we now start. To, we need to realise that you know we are in the end times. We can see that all 
you know, the Bible unfolding before our very eyes, and we need to be there to help each other through this season. So that's the way we get prepared is our churches all prepare us, you know, theologically for what's going to happen, and we also prepare and help each other out and help each other through these seasons because that's when the light will shine very brightly when we're all helping and loving each other and helping others through this tough time as well. Trevor, is that a helpful response? Yeah, that's very helpful uh, and uh, good to hear about preparing, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. The other thing, just functionally, how you know, like, for instance, if the government suddenly says cash is no longer king, can't use cash, should, should Christians come up with a different medium of exchange somehow that, uh, or some, some way of, of, of uh, trading? Alex? It's a, it's a great question. I think the short answer is those things. Uh, firstly, I think the cashless society is inevitable. Central banks around the world are developing their own um, digital currency. So Bitcoin and all those things are just precursors. They won't be the final, but did you? Because you got to remember, the government is never going to let go of the currency. That, that's, you know, they're going to be the ones that control money. Uh, and so they're all developing their own digital currencies going forward. And so that's that's going to happen. I think cashless is inevitable. I just don't know how quickly it'll happen. Um, and the danger of cash, I support a cash-based society because the danger of cashless is the government can essentially shut you down on, on a whim. You know, they can close your account. They can stop you from trading. And of course, in Revelation, it tells us, you know, when the mark of the beast comes in the end times, you won't be able to transact without the mark of the beast. So you can see with digital currencies how that all becomes possible in ways that we never would have thought of uh, 50 years ago. Um, in terms of how we deal with it, that's that's much more challenging. Will there be alternatives? Will there be barter systems? Will there be um, uh, ways of getting through it? I suspect the answer to that is absolutely. Um, but also, I take the view that really through this season, through whatever happens, God will provide for his people. Uh, and part of that will be through helping each other. Part of it will just be in, I think we'll see lots of supernatural and miraculous. And uh, we have to, you know, trust that he will get us through whatever happens. But certainly you can see you're on the money in the sense this is the direction our society is going in, not just here in Australia, but of course globally as well. Trevor in Wishart, Brisbane, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might want to join in our conversation. Could be a question about any dimension of finance money investment 1-800-316-316 in in some sense here Alex we're working and we're also preparing for the scenarios that could either take us out early or Mm. as you say uh, and oftentimes where we come around uh, issues of retirement that's on our radar for planning but we're not always so well planned around these other scenarios yeah, look, I think Trevor's questions were fascinating just because I think uh, it's shown us what could happen in the future. You know, we're seeing, you know, as he was talking about, you know, people unvaccinated being terminated from their employment. You can imagine in, you know, in a very short space of time, and we've already seen that, you know, with Israel Falau and people like that, um, where you can lose your job for standing up for things that you believe in. And I think, uh, you know, in the Western world, Christians at the moment are just unpopular, uh, but you can see a time coming where you know persecution starts to arrive, and therefore we need to plan and prepare for that reality because you know it is obvious that it is now happening; it's it's underway. Um, but I think the big one is learning to 
focus much closer in on God and your relationship with him because that's going to be your way through this um, but and trusting in his provision but also the need for Christians across the, the country uh, to come together and really support each other and stop having this sort of um, we have this very individualistic culture here we need a more community-based thing where you know you look at the book of Acts chapter 2 where it talks about the early church you know they met together in each other's homes they shared with what they had so even though everyone had different amounts and different resources they shared it all and i think that's the season where we're moving into where we're going to help each other through uh challenging times and of course help 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 others help help people in need in general who are struggling through whatever comes upon them easy to think isn't it who'll help me but there are another set of people no doubt are saying how can i help so uh, you might find Mm. yourself in one of two camps hey a lady called through from wa she had a couple of questions i'll go one at Mm -hmm. a time when getting a mortgage is it better to open with a bigger deposit or should extra money be put in an offset account uh, thoughts for this lady uh, in WA? A, a, yeah, look, it's a very good question. Um, so really what she's sort of saying is what should I have in reserve as, as I take on a mortgage? So do you have a, a slightly bigger mortgage than you otherwise would have and then kept money set aside for the rainy day in an offset account? Uh, or do you just have a bigger deposit and therefore a smaller mortgage? Um, I actually... What we do, because we have a mortgage broking arm to what we do, we actually say people take a slightly bigger mortgage, um, obviously enough to meet, you know, for the purchase price, but then a little bit extra. So that way that money sits there in reserve for emergencies. And that, that figure will differ by person. But generally, I say you want to have six months worth of living expenses in that offset account. So the beauty of that is you're not paying any interest on that because it's offsetting the loan. So even though you're, if you like, having a, a lesser deposit and a bigger loan, the reality is you've got that money there for if you need it because what the you, the last thing you want is you you take out a new home loan and of course you lose your job you know the next day and all of a sudden you're struggling so you want to avoid that and you can do that through having lots of cash in reserve in your offset account or alternatively some banks will use it via a redraw facility so you're putting the money into the actual loan itself and uh, you can redraw that money out if you need to if uh, you know stormy weather comes so it's a, it's a really good question Alex, there's a second part to that question. Is it wise to pay more into super or put extra on the mortgage? Any thoughts around that question? Yeah, look, one of the most common questions I get, you know, when we're dealing with with people, um, the general principle, okay, so I'll start by saying everyone's circumstances are different and it'll depend on things like your age and your income and so forth. So everyone will be slightly different. But I'll give you the principles and the, the principles are that you're better off paying off your mortgage first before investing and putting to super. Now, the reason for that is just simply that uh, that firstly, there's greater certainty in repaying debt because once you've paid it off, the debt's gone. Whereas if you put your money into super, obviously it's then subject to the volatility of markets and wherever you're investing the money. So that's the, the first thing. It's just the safer, more certain option. Um, the second thing, of course, is that your home loan, is it's not a tax-deductible debt, so you want to get rid of that as quick as you can, so you can then focus on more tax-efficient strategies like you know, salary sacrificing to super or, or other types of things. So yeah, it's a uh, very good question, but the general principle is debt first, super later. But as I say, that may not apply to everyone listening. Uh, quickly coming back to our retirement scenario and our working life and where we see ourselves in context, 
the concept of growing older. It's a challenging one for all of us. But <laughs> when we do grow older, we have increased resources. We have more time on our hands. We're perhaps wiser than we've ever been before. And we have more opportunity for significant influence. Is this something you don't want to squander as you're getting older? And so I imagine that coming oh, back to absolutely. retirement planning, this is a, an essential part. Oh, look, absolutely. And um, to me, there's a fantastic passage in in Psalms, in Psalm 71. And this, to me, gives a perfect picture of what retirement could look like for a believer. Um, it says, So even to old age and grey hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. So to me, this is about you know getting up, living your life on purpose, and sharing the gospel until the day you 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 know Jesus takes you home. Uh, we have such an opportunity, and I mean I'm always staggered just by how short life is. We've got such a small window of time to build God's kingdom, share the gospel, and you know free people from the clutches of of hell. Um, and so we've got to use our money wisely. Don't just hoard money for retirement. You know, yes, you need a bit to get you through and, you know, have enough capital and so forth. Uh, but don't just hoard it and just build up this massive nest egg that you never use. You live generously out of it. Trust God in his provision and focus on running your race to the very end and um, uh, sharing the good news with as many people as you can. You know, get up every day on purpose, use the time wisely, use the money wisely. And, uh, you know, I, I always say to people, look, you know, when you get to heaven, you just want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Wonderful stuff. And we have run out of time, Alex Cook. Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. You can connect with Alex on his website, wealthwithpurpose.com. There's lots of good free ebooks, the My Toolkit, great resources. There's free videos and there's podcast content, all uh, getting your finances on track. And uh, you can follow Alex on Facebook, on Twitter. There's also an Ask Alex at WealthWithPurpose.com email as well. So WealthWithPurpose.com. Alex Cook, thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Great to be with you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.